It's so weird to see you all in here right now. It's so weird. Wow. Well, who would have thought 65 Sundays ago would have been the last time we sat in this auditorium worshiping together and experiencing a church service the way that we had for the previous 30 plus years at Crosswind. 65 Sundays, and as the video said, we are still the church. Uh, I, I am so glad the, the band performed that song for us. But by, by the way, how great is it to hear a live full band in person again? Um, I know, as Andrea said, that, that song is written a, about a relationship, right? When the bones are good, the rest don't matter. Everything else could break or, or, or shatter, face a storm. But as long as the foundation is strong, as long as the foundation isn't cracked, the house won't fall. I know that it's about a relationship, but throughout the pandemic, um, I've heard that song on the radio, and I have thought about this place. And I wonder if that is true of our church, and, and we have found after 15 months of not meeting in this auditorium as usual, we have survived, and we have survived because the bones are good. Uh, a, a few weeks ago, my wife sent me a picture she, she found from a beam signing that we did here at Crosswinds as we were building this auditorium. Uh, some of you might remember that event. A, a few hundred people gathered here on what was just basically a concrete pad that you're, you're sitting on right now. And uh, the red steel beams that you see around you in this building were about to be lifted into place. And we came together, we prayed for, for this church, and then everybody took markers and wrote whatever they wanted to write on one of the beams. It, it, it's actually the one right above my head right now, uh, right behind me. Anyway, uh, a few weeks ago, Andrea sent me a picture that she took of me signing it. I had forgotten what I had written. Take a look. Um, I wrote, it's not about a building. Uh, it, it's funny, now that I look back, I vividly remember not having thought before I came about what I would write. And as we were all standing there, it hit me, you're the senior pastor, you better write something profound or... <laughs> or memorable, but when it came time to write, I couldn't think of anything good. And so I wrote the opposite of what you should write when you're celebrating the construction of a building. I wrote, it's not about a building. And uh, when I went home, I kicked myself and I thought that is the stupidest thing you could have written. How about, may God use this place to reach thousands for Jesus? Or may everybody of every age, gender, income level, religion, orientation, ethnicity, may everybody be welcome in this house of worship. But no, I wrote, it's not about a building. The church is not about a building. Okay, seven years later, I'm really glad I wrote that. Because Crosswinds, you, sure, you, you have proven something, that the church is not about a place. It's not about a building. The beams are the bones of this building, but the bones of a church are the people, a faithful group of people trying to follow Jesus together. And you have so shown your faithfulness. I'll just tell you, we have, we have seen your faithfulness in your giving through this. We, we have seen your faithfulness in, in you uh, continuing to watch our services online, even though you couldn't be here. We've seen your faithfulness in small groups that would meet over Zoom, which is terrible for small groups. And uh, for those of you who've done it, thank you. And uh, we, we've seen it in those of you who found ways to do socially distant meetings in your backyards. I, I, I have I've told some people before that prior to the pandemic, uh, every once in a while, the thought would cross my mind. If our church building were to burn down, what would we do? Is it morbid that I have that thought a lot throughout my career? 
And I've always imagined, well, maybe one of the pastors I know in town, one of the other churches, they would let us borrow their building for a few months while we rebuild this one. And I've imagined, all right, well, we might be able to survive that a month or two. But after that, we would be in trouble. And what this pandemic has shown me and what you have proven is that when there are no other buildings to borrow because you're not allowed to be in anybody's buildings, and when it's not two months, it's 15 months, what this pandemic has shown me is that when the bones are good, the house won't fall, and this church's bones are good. Uh, actually, I have three truths that I now know about crosswinds that I discovered over 65 weeks of not having indoor services like this one. And while I thought that I knew these about our church before, I now really know them. Sometimes you know something, but you don't like really know it until you've tested it. And we have been through a test and, and, and I thought that as we regather today, I would just share with you these truths as we step into the future because you need to know these truths about our church as well. These truths that we now know, three of them, and the first is that this church's bones are good. Our bones are good. Now let me give you the second one real quick because the third is where we're going to spend the bulk of our time. We're going to dive into scripture together. But the second has to do with what our church did over the last 15 months. You know, when we were getting ready to build out this property, we had the option of building a giant building that would house all of our needs indoors. Essentially, what might have looked like a, like a, like a small office building or a, a small indoor shopping center. You walk in the door of the church, and uh, you find an auditorium in there and a lobby and, and, and some offices and the kids' classrooms and small group space, all in one big building. You walk in, and you never leave the building until it's time to get back in your car. And a few years before we built, uh, Dave Nielsen and I sat down and we, we really rethought that idea, asking, well, what would it be to have a campus that forces people to have to be outdoors and out in God's handiwork of, of nature? I mean, something spiritually transcendent happens when we see trees and creeks and clouds and deer and foxes and birds and and what would it be to take advantage of the beautiful grounds that we've inherited and force ourselves to be outside? Like, to pick up your kids, you have to walk across a courtyard. Like, we don't have a lobby. The real lobby is our courtyard. And so we built what you see now. Well, you know, when you spend the first 25 years of your existence as a church in warehouses, you can build a campus with every in intention of using the outdoor space, but the habit of doing church indoors becomes so ingrained that you still do church just like you did when you didn't have outdoor space. Um, I'll tell you, the first few years that we were out here, I would show up on a Wednesday night to drop one of my daughters off at student ministry, and I would see all of the students inside. And I would think, wait, you have 35 acres to go play capture the flag. You, you have little areas down by the creeks that you can meet for a small group, like use the outdoor space, but it's hard because especially those first few years, we tend to default to what we know. Well, this pandemic forced us to have to think outside our indoor boxes as a church. Um, if you came this past Christmas to our journey to Bethlehem, you saw what I think was one of the most ambitious Christmas services we have ever attempted. If you didn't come, that's what you missed. And uh, the conversations... And the prayers that some of our pastors, especially Aaron Horner and Daniel Parsons, the conversations they had in the grove with people afterwards were powerful. And guess what? We had time and space to talk to people about what it meant to follow Jesus after Christmas. Like literally face-to-face -face talk to them because we were forced outdoors. And the pandemic forced our student ministries outside. And, and would you believe that they grew over the last 15 months? 
more kids started coming and used this as an outlet to be with other kids when their schools were closed. And uh, we started an outdoor service. I don't know how many of you have been to the outdoor service, but you guys, it is special to worship among the trees and the birds and the grove. It is special, uh, except for the planes. Uh, the planes suck. Planes are the worst thing. Uh, maybe the most significant thing that happened during this pandemic, you guys, we built housing and community on this campus in the form of something called Goodness Village. That's the inside of one of these homes we've built. Because we realized that God didn't give us this acreage just so we could hang out on Sundays in the middle of the week for small groups. He gave it to us to use it for our community 24-7. And there's a lot more to come on Goodness Village. Our hope is the first few people are going to be moving in in the next week or so. And, uh, and we'll celebrate that together. We'll do a grand opening and a reception. So much more to come. But here is the second thing that we now know about Crosswinds. And I thought that I knew this before, but now I know it. The second thing is the church can't be closed. You can't close the church. God's church has always been open. If I had a dollar for every time I ran into somebody over the last 15 months and they said, are you guys open yet? I would be so rich right now. I would quit my job. I wouldn't quit, but I'd be rich. In fact, um, today, today, I'm not even, we don't call this a reopening. This is a regathering because our church has been open every single day of this pandemic. And, and in some respects, this church has been more active than ever before. We've had two blood drives out here. Our, our garden team has continued to grow produce to be distributed to those who are food insecure throughout the East Bay. We stocked the East Bay Agency for Children with rice and beans a few months before that. We loaded them up with diapers. We hosted an incredible audio tour uh, guided Good Friday experience. We became a, a distribution center for masks. Some 65,000 that got sent to nursing homes throughout Alameda County. By the way, that sounds silly now because there are masks everywhere. We are also sick of our masks. But I'm telling you, there was a time they were hard to come by. And we helped get them into hospitals and nursing homes. And, and as, as Andrea pointed out, we recorded 64 services on video and distributed them every single week. You can't close the church. It's God's people doing what they're doing. And you don't need to be in a building to be open. We've always been open. So the first two truths we now know about Crosswinds, this church's bones are good and the church never closed. But the third truth is, is, is where I want to spend the bulk of our time today. And it has to do with you being seen. You know, if you look back at the last 15 months, especially, especially those first few months when the pandemic just kind of started happening before anything reopened, where there were not social hubs yet that you could be with, where, where you weren't even seeing your kids or your grandkids, people weren't leaving houses, everything was done by Zoom. Do you remember last April and May? The only place you went was the supermarket. Even then, some of you had groceries delivered so you could avoid going to that too. If you look back, there were long stints where you went unseen. Now, maybe you have a family and they saw you because they had to see you. <laughs> you were locked into a house together. You saw each other too much. <laughs> but what we found is that it is not enough to just be seen by your family, that you have a need to know that the world knows you're here. The third truth about crosswinds, we now know more than ever, you have a need to know that you're seen. You need to know that somebody knows you are here. Um, believe it or not, I'm an introvert. I don't tend to like big crowds. Sundays, I go home exhausted on Sunday from being around so many people. You exhaust me so much. 
And in fact, in fact, the, the, the introvert in me, if I'm being real honest with you, the introvert in me would love to remain unseen, which sounds crazy as I stand here with a microphone and these lights on me. So, but because I'm an introvert, I, I think to myself, I'm, I'm okay with being alone. I'm, I'm okay with being unseen. I tell myself that. Truth is, I need someone to acknowledge me. We all do. Somebody to tell me I matter, to tell me that they care about me. Everyone does, no matter who you are. Uh, I am not really on social media. I, I mean, I have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter accounts, but I never check them. I never post to them. Um, I apologize right now if you are friends with me on any one of those and you message me, because I'm never going to see it. Just telling you right now. But what I have noticed is how excited both introverts and extroverts get when they post something and they start to get likes. Did 10 people like it? I got 10 little thumbs up. Did 100 people like it? Did they share it? They liked it so much. And do you know why that does something to all of us, introvert or extrovert? Because it reminds us that somebody saw us, put their eyes on us. And, and what has been hard in this pandemic is we have learned what it's like to go unseen. Um, back in 1989, a sociologist named Roy Oldenburg, he wrote a book called The Great Good Place. And in this book, he talked about how, how we tend to have these three social environments that we need. Everybody needs these three. The first place, he said, is your home. And it's filled with the people that you love. The second social environment that you need is your workplace, where you actually spend most of your time. You realize that, right? Most of your time is spent at work. For a lot of people, that got taken away in the pandemic, kind of. Some kept their work, some lost it. Some still had it, they just had it on Zoom, where it stopped being a community place. But what really got taken away from everyone was what he called back in 1989, the third place, if you've walked inside a Starbucks in the last 20 years, you may have seen on the wall, they've printed the third place because they're cafes and clubs and public libraries and churches, not just places where you go shop and other people happen to be there shopping too, but places where you encounter familiar faces and you make new friends. And I would just simplify that. Your third place is where you are seen by someone. Not your family who didn't have a choice but to see you. Not your coworkers who are getting paid to see you. <laughs> your third place is where somebody puts their eyes on you and they say, oh, you belong here. You matter to me. I am so glad you are here. I care about you. And, and, and this third thing that we now know about Crosswinds is very much tied to God's plan for you to have a place in your life where you are known and you are seen. I want to read with you two passages this morning. The first one we'll just put on the screen right now. It's Acts 2.46. In Acts 2, so you know what's happening, the church has just begun, and Luke sets out to describe what the church looked like in those very first days, and here's what he says. He says, every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes, and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Okay, look at that. It says every day the church would gather they would meet with each other every day. Okay, so you know in their society, groups, groups might get together monthly, maybe weekly, but you had to be pretty radical people to do anything daily. If you did group meeting daily back then, you were hardcore. Okay, it means they were really committed to this. But that's not even the reason I show you this verse. I, I want you to, to see the reason. This is the second part right here. It says, they broke bread in their homes. You know, 
Long before the church had stages and microphones and pulpits and baptistries and courtyards, okay, you know what the church had? It had kitchens and dinner tables. When you look at the New Testament, the primary tool of the church, it was somebody's home. And the reason is because something holy happens around a dinner table that will never happen in a sanctuary, in a church auditorium. You know what you see when you're in a church auditorium? You see the back of someone's head. You notice that right now? And if they're people you sat behind two years ago, they, the back of their head might be a little more bald than it was, right? You see the back of somebody's head. All right, around the dinner table, you see expressions on someone's face. Completely different. In an auditorium, one person speaks. Around the table, everyone has a voice. Church services, we have a clock. Don't worry, my eye is on it. Around the table, there's plenty of time to talk. We just talk and talk and talk. Now, I'm okay with the way that we do church services today. It has strength to it as well. But it's to say the intention of the church, the intention of the church from the very beginning is a place that, that you are seen and known. Church is where you send and receive the message, you matter to me and you matter to God. You, you may think it's just about the songs and a sermon, but the church is where you say to somebody, you are worth the effort. You're worth the effort. Okay, the other passage is Hebrews 10, 25. Take a look at this. It says this. Do not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So you know, the church at this point in Hebrews was experiencing all sorts of persecution. And it was keeping some Christians from meeting together because they were saying, you know what? It's easier to not get together. It's not safe. Let's wait it out until the persecution is all over. The writer of Hebrews says here, actually, church family, this is worth doing. This is not something to forsake. And look at why. Because it can actually be encouraging in this dark time that they were in. It could be just what you need. There is something about meeting together in the middle of dark times, being seen. There's a power to it. That is how we get encouraged. That's how we get courage. Um, a number of years ago, some of you might remember this if you were around, we, we did a series of Sundays here called Highway 101. And we took a road trip in an RV up along the northern coast of California. And one of our stops was this little town called Blocksburg. Blocksburg is up in the mountains of Humboldt County. Blocksburg has 169 people in that town. But when I say that, it gives you the impression it's like this little Mayberry, this downtown area with 169 people who all live within a mile of each other. It's not. The people of Blocksburg are incredibly spread out. You, you might live 20 minutes from the next human being. You could live in Blocksburg and not see another human all year long, except Blocksburg has a post office, a post office that was opened in 1877. Well, a number of years back, the United States Postal Service, they, they looked at the town size and how old this building is, and they decided, you know, it does not make sense to have a post office up in the middle of nowhere in the mountains of Humboldt County, and so they made plans to shut it down. Okay, the people of Blocksburg freaked out. And it wasn't because they wouldn't get their mail. They'd get their mail another way. They had another way to deliver it. But because the post office had been their third place. The post office was where they, they would run into each other. It was where they had community meetings. The post office is where you would actually have a conversation with your neighbor. The post office is where you would be seen. So they protested. 
and they fought, and it worked. They got to keep their post office. It did close for the pandemic. It has reopened. But it illustrates how important it is for you to be seen. God's intention behind church is not that it's a building. It's not a place that you come listen to somebody. You do all the viewing. The church is not an audience. Would you turn to somebody next to you and say, the church is not an audience? Okay, the church is a gathering of people who all need to be seen. Every single one of you and me need to be seen. And here's the thing. Here's the reason why that is so important. Here's why this matters so much. The greatest way that God lets you know that he sees you is through his people seeing you. When the people of God, the church, look into your eyes and they say, oh, I remember you. I think about you. I care for you. It lets you know that God thinks about you. He cares for you and he is remembering you. And after 15 months with lots of ups and downs, and let's be real, mostly downs, many of you are needing to know that God has not forgotten you right now. That he has been thinking about you. He's been working for you. He knows you and he sees you. And the way you're going to know that is because today, some of the people who you are here with right now are going to see you for him. And they're going to say, I am glad you're here. I missed you. I don't know you. I want to. You know, many of you have lost a loved one or a friend during this pandemic. Many of you have lost jobs or you've lost opportunities. Some of you, even though things are moving back to normal, you've got a whole new normal because your friends left town. Lots of people have checked out on California the last 15 months. Um, I've got a kid who 15 months ago was a junior in high school. By the, thing, by the time things start to look truly normal, She'll be living somewhere else, away at college. I, I, I've talked to quite a few of you who've had marriages break apart during this pandemic. In the midst of all the upheaval, the best that we've been able to give you is virtual online encouragement. A TV telling you, God sees you. He hasn't forgiven you. But what I now know, after the last 15 months, is how important it is to say that to somebody face to face. God sees you. He has not forgotten you. Um, one of the things that's happened on our campus this past year, most of you don't know about this. We've hosted a group of about 25 pastors from around the Bay Area who once a month, they would gather on our campus and they'd be built into by some spiritual directors for their own formation. I, I call this group the Pastors to the Pastors. Uh, it's a group that I had been in a few years ago. I've talked about it a lot from up here. Uh, Andrea was in it another year, Jody another year, Derek. Anyway, they were going to have to cancel this last year because of COVID and all the, all the restrictions. They normally meet indoors somewhere. And for years, I have been saying to them, you've got to come check out Crosswinds. We've got barns and prayer paths and creeks and trees. And it would be a great place to host one of these year-long cohorts. So this year, because of COVID and the need for outdoor space, they took me up on it. And one day, I just kind of wandered over and they were hosting a little bit of a, of a larger gathering for some alumni of that program. And they were doing a full day in our barn on Psalm 23. In fact, the series we just finished is partially inspired by what they were doing out here. Anyway, I walked around our campus during one of the times where they send their people out to just go be with God. And I was walking the prayer path myself. And as I did, I came across a woman, Kate, who was just lying in the grass, looking up at the sky. 
Um, they had been looking at the first two verses of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And she literally went and reflected on this, lying down in a green pasture, you guys. It's yellow now, but in the late winter, early spring, it was really green. <laughs> and it was one of those moments that I just, I thought, oh, the church has never closed. We now know the church is not closed. Anyway, a little while later, as the group regathered, I, I walked over and I watched Kate go to a keyboard in the knot barn and play a song for the group. And as I heard it, I thought, oh my gosh, we have got to get her to come play that when we regather at Crosswinds. And, and the reason that I thought that is because for many of you, it has been so long since you've been in the presence of another person, another one of God's people, who can encourage you saying, God sees you, who can give courage to you in a dark time. This is a song I'm sure almost every single one of you has heard before in some way or another. It's a song about God seeing you. And again, I don't know what you've been through these past 15 months, although I'll tell you, I know a lot. I've heard from a lot of you. And I know that you need to hear from each other, from your church. You matter to God. And I see you. God sees you. I want you to listen to this song. Don't stand up. Don't move. Don't leave early. Just listen to someone sing courage into you. And then I'm going to come and close this today.